Welcome to a new feature of the Ingenious Podcast called One Question, Two Tips. We will be interviewing several CPA marketers and leaders at top regional public accounting firms. We'll end the segment with what we're loving now. Now here is the host of this podcast series, Don Wagonar, Principal of Ingenuity Marketing Group in St. Paul, Minnesota. I have the pleasure of talking to Nicola Fleming today. Nicola is the Director of Marketing at Perkins & Co. in Portland, named one of the most admired companies and most diverse CPA firms in the region. With a background in marketing for manufacturing and engineering firms, Nicola is always focused on firm branding and the client experience, and it shows in Perkins' consistently high client satisfaction ratings. Demonstrating what a caring culture looks like is very important to her and everyone at the firm. Welcome, Nicola. Hi, thank you, Dawn. Next time I need my bio written, I'm going to have you do it. That was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't really take the credit for it. I have great writers on staff. Yeah, you do. Well, now I know who's going to come to (laughs) All right. We'd love to help you out. Well, I'm so excited to be speaking with you today. You know, I feel like I'm going to get to know you even a little bit better, especially since I know you just through the Association for Accounting Marketing and you being the board liaison for the Virtual Education Committee. Yeah, that's right. That was fun. To, I think about a year we worked together on that. And yeah, that was a really uh, fun exposure. It's the, That organization has been great to me and it's really fun when it presents with a new connection and new relationships. So I'm glad that we got to meet that way. Exactly. Well, let's get started, and let me ask the first question. We know that your firm suffered the sudden loss of a leader this year, Peter Kwong. Tell us about that experience as a colleague of Peter's, but also as a marketer. Can you provide a couple of tips for other firms when they need to communicate internally and externally about a loss or crisis? Mm. Um, Yeah, you're right. uh, 2020 and 2021 haven't been great years for many people and uh, yeah, the hits sometimes keep on coming. Um, Peter was our uh, director of assurance and the leader of that practice for us. He was a really larger than life figure at our firm and, you know, in our business community also. And um, he, uh, yes, passed away unexpectedly in June of this year. Um, And, you know, as you can imagine, that was really a great shock to all of us. And um, not something I really thought I'd ever have to deal with in my career, and I don't think many of us do spend time thinking about that. It is upsetting to imagine and, um, you know, not where we want to dwell, but we talk about crisis preparedness. I don't know that many of us were prepared for the pandemic, and um, we were not really prepared for his for his passing. And I think because often when you're dealing with crises at work, it's easy to separate the emotion out of it. Um you know, when you deal with crises in your personal life, those are the things that sometimes can really rock you. Well, this blurs those boundaries um, because, it's a, you know, it is a cherished colleague that has passed. And in some cases, you spend more time with these people than you do with your friends and family um, right. as you are working with them every single day. And because Peter was so prominent in our firm, um, he had been there for, I think, 17 or 18 years. He and our president actually started on the same day. Um, and so that was really impactful for Jared, our president. Also, that was a very, you know, almost two decade long friendship. Um, and so the really challenging part of that is managing your own grief and the grief of those around you, because everybody who was dealing with it had a personal connection to Peter. And um, but you you have a responsibility 
to him, to his family, and also to your clients and to the firm and to his, you know, the rest of his coworkers to communicate that timely. You can't just disappear and, and focus on your own feelings. You have a job to do. And that it was one of the most challenging things I've actually had to work on in my career. And many people won't have to do that. Um, but you should be ready for it. One of the things that actually, I don't know why, but a couple of years ago that I was compelled to read something, actually, you mentioned the Association for Accounting Marketing Growth Strategies, or the, there was a blog yeah. post from when it came out. And Jennifer Quintero from Sensiba San Filippo had written a piece about the loss. Actually, it was their managing partner who had passed away. And at the time that I read it, I just felt compelled to save it. And so I had that saved on the network. And after I sort of got through the initial shock, took that Saturday just for myself. I, you know, sat at my computer and was going to do some work and my brain was just putting, I, I just couldn't. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take today and then Sunday, I'm going to sit down and start working on the communication. And first and foremost, we wanted to work on an internal communication. And I remembered that piece that Jennifer had written and I found it and I read it. And that really actually helped me cut through my emotion and find a plan in it because just sitting and writing a bullet point list of the things I had to do helped me get to that space because that news is so surreal. I mean, so shocking, so shocking. Um, and so I was really thankful to have kind of a semblance of a plan from that piece that Jennifer had written. Um, and I would definitely encourage anyone else to come up with plans for all of these different kinds of scenarios that you might face because that helped guide me at a time where my brain was not functioning very well. And obviously they came to you as the expert Mm -hmm. um, in this trying time where they really needed your expertise Mm -hmm. and, you know, asked for your help. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very fortunate that I do work at a firm that really does value the the, um, skills and the skill set that my team has. We have a very small team, and in fact, at this time, it's mostly me and then my marketing manager, and, you know, deciding when I should tell her was definitely a consideration, but so the the process when Peter had passed away on a Friday, he and his family had a close relationship with another of our um, employees, with one of our colleagues, who was sort of a neighbor to them, so the kids knew them, and, you know, they had sort of more of a friendship, uh, family friendship, and so his children and wife actually contacted her and told her and she let our her supervisor who was our director of operations know and let our president know and so then the the tree of communication kind of came from there and so our director of operations took the responsibility of informing every single one of our um, administrative we call them operations but administrative managers which included me and um, you know she said then she said and you know we need you (laughs) this is what's happened also we, we need you to help on this and be part of this team. Um, and then also we made sure that, you know, all of our shareholders, all of our partner group were told directly. And that um, also we moved to telling every member of our audit and assurance um, department. We started with management and told them all directly. And then we made the decision that actually every single person um, in that department should get a phone call directly from a shareholder or leader. Um, in that group. And then our tax team, we communicated by a, a company-wide communication, which was an email um, that we sent on, I think probably the Monday, it might have been the Tuesday, because Peter had been on vacation, we had a little bit of a buffer time. Um, and also because it's uh, COVID times, and most of our office is still working from home, uh, had already been informed. 
And so um, we also quickly created a very small sort of task force that consisted of some firm leadership that included myself. So people that we felt would needed to be included in tactical behaviors around this effort. And so uh, people who have very specific tasks. So for me, there was no question that I would direct the communications around that. Now, that could have included pulling in a PR firm. Um, I will say one of the hardest things I've ever written in my life was the external communication about Peter, but it was really important to me personally. In that moment, I sort of felt, like for my grief, that that was one thing that I could do for him and for his family is to write something that really was, you know, had meaning in it and wasn't just written by an external source. We did have an external source read through it and make sure that it felt on point and we did consult with a PR firm to make sure that we were communicating in the right order because it's easy to be clouded by your emotion through that. But for the most part, I think we were all really keen to take on the tasks. We also made a um, list of all of these clients. We made a list of clients that we also felt needed a phone call or needed to hear it from us directly in some way. Um, so, yeah, the order of operations were, you know, this kind of scramble phone tree that we kind of figured out as we went along. Um, like I said, I took that Saturday for myself. And then Sunday, we used Microsoft Teams. And so, you know, that's what we got on. We made a small group. We had a chat place. We had a place that we could talk back and forth, um, immediately letting each other know where we were at in our different projects and what we were doing. And, like I said, on that Monday or Tuesday, we sent an email to the firm once we felt like all the phone calls had been made. We asked people not to share it externally until we were ready to do that because we also made sure we got released from Peter's family to make any external announcement because they were still scrambling to notify close family and friends. Um, so, that, so once they gave us that approval, then we sent out an um, email actually to our entire client base and um, to some, we were actually getting ready to send it to some media outlets, and then they picked it up, our local business journal picked it up and posted it, and um, they actually printed it in its entirety, which was a really lovely tribute to him. It's it's really challenging because, like I said, you're dealing with your own grief in the middle of that, but you just have to keep, keep kind of plodding on. And so I made the decision not to tell my marketing manager until Monday morning because I didn't want to kind of rain on her weekend. Um, in retrospect, I think I should have told her on Sunday evening because she needed time to deal with the shock and grief of all of that. And, and if, if there's ever a crisis, the one the one thing you need to remember first and foremost is check what you have scheduled to go out and just like pull the plug on that for now. Um, and so that probably wasn't very fair to dump that her on a dump on her on a Monday morning and say take as much time as you need. But she was still. I think she would have preferred some quiet time to kind of address that. So. For anyone who's going to have to do work around it, um, they might need some extra time. We told our receptionist the night prior also um, mm. so that if anything got out, because you you don't know, you don't know how well you're controlling that message. Um, and if anything got out, we didn't want him to be surprised um, with that information. Right. So I read the press release and it was wonderful. It really sounded like someone that wrote it knew him and cared about him. And then... You know, that's interesting what you said about the receptionist because, I mean, of course people are curious about what happened. Were they asking? And We actually did not get that many calls. We made sure in all the communications that we put out, both internally and externally, we tried to create a space for people to share their thoughts and their memories of Peter. 
Um, and of course, grief was very prevalent in people's minds in 2020 and continues to be, was something really lovely, which is like, you know, what do you do when someone, you know, how do you know what to say when someone has lost someone? What is the best thing to do? And this was a therapist who was saying it, and he just said, you know, I think the best thing you can do is give that person a place to um, remember the person that they lost. And that too often, as human beings, what we want to do is avoid the messy conversation or you don't want to make someone cry. You don't want to make someone sad. And so I think that we might lean towards being quiet. And so we wanted to make sure, and it was extraordinarily difficult because we are mostly working from home. So if we had all been in the office, there'd be normal times. We would have come into the kitchen and we would have gathered together and we would have hugged one another and we would have laughed and we would have cried and we would have shared memories and maybe clients would have come in or other connections that we have in our business community who aren't necessarily employees and we had to figure out how to create that space and that's just as important now and maybe even more so and many of us were dealing with on our own at home and something that's so fascinating about the dynamic of losing a co-worker is like I would say to someone you know I'm kind of in a tough time we, we lost a, a, a colleague who was unexpected and of, of, you know, someone that I know passed away and they said, well, who is it? And when the answer is it's a co-worker, they'd be like, oh, okay, and sort of assume that you're fine. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of people, when they lose someone in their personal life, they use work as their refuge from that grief. And when you lose a co-worker, the refuge from your grief is your personal life. But you also want people to know that you're missing this person and people don't understand the importance that person has to you because it's a, co- you know, it's a co-worker. So they, they, they don't see them as a, as a, such a close connection as a family member or a friend. And so, but what, what makes that also challenging is while you're trying to do your day job, you're immersed in grief. That's, you don't get to escape in your day-to-day tasks. I will say for that first week, anything that didn't relate to a task about Peter felt meaningless to me, felt like not worth spending my time doing. But we we created um, a space in our Teams, you know, Slack channel, a Teams channel for people to share memories, and some people chose to do that, some people just chose to read them, and that was a nice space to um, share and find memories of him. We once we posted on social media, we got a ton of comments on social media. I actually went through and captured all of them, um, and that was an emotional experience, but also really a lovely experience. I think I, at the beginning, was so, as a marketer, so involved in my task around it. I didn't necessarily create space for myself to remember him. And so getting to read through those memories actually felt really nice and cathartic. Um, and then we also invited people to submit things via email to our you know, general marketing Perkins email address. And we got a lot of messages that way, too. And we're actually still now, we're in a the process of compiling those into one space so that we can, uh, we're going to create a book that we can keep internally and also give it to his family because we want to make sure that those memories are seen and read by more than just a handful of us internally. But, um, That's really wonderful that wonderful that they were able to do that. Um, I have a friend in book club whose husband died unexpectedly in January. And of course, they weren't able to have a funeral or memorial service until just recently. And she kept posting, they've been married for almost 50 years. And she kept posting all of these photos of their life together on Facebook. And I think it was her way of remembering. And we were all like commenting, you know, and it was just, 
a great way of sharing and, you know, us talking about Michael and, you know, all of those things. Yeah, I I think that's wonderful. You know, like I said, I I think we are frightened of what feels messy. Even if you do that personally, you realize like that it hurts, but you're hurting all the time. You know, this idea that if you mention, um, like, to a spouse who's lost, <laughs> you know, their significant other, they lost their spouse, they're thinking about that person all the time. Peter's kids are thinking about him all the time. You're not, in those first few weeks, you're not reminding them of something um, that isn't present on their mind. Instead, you're giving them the space to say it out loud um, and to grieve and to share. And that felt really good for us, and it felt good. I mean, even... One of the things I think Jennifer had written, I referenced that blog post. She said, you know, the, the grief will come in waves and from unexpected places. And Peter passed in June, mid, middle of June, the 18th of June. Last week was a really difficult Peter week for me. Just sort of, I think the work that I had been doing with him had sort of been on hold. And last week was the like, okay, go back and find the emails, figure out where we were. Peter was also, <laughs> it's a great loss for me as a marketer is that Peter was one of our best marketers, and he was really involved in a lot of organizations, and it, we haven't necessarily, you know, quote-unquote, replaced him in all those spaces. And so there are some things where I'm taking the lead right now until we get to that point. Um, it's it's hard to move on and say, well, okay, I guess we need a new person to do this thing because it still feels like his, his thing for the community organizations and for the business organizations also. So last week was... a time of me kind of digging up some of that work and getting back to it and again suddenly there I am sitting at my desk smiling but crying you know with working on this book that came up and we spoke and we were going to talk about this suddenly all of those things all converged in one week so especially I think the, the one piece of advice I would give to anyone who has to get involved make sure you also give yourself time and space to breathe because once we got that press release out I, I just sort of fell apart. And it wasn't necessarily that I was like sobbing, falling apart. I literally felt like I couldn't do anything. I just felt frozen. And so I would just, I was just sitting at my computer, just staring at the screen, not really knowing what to say. And fortunately, there were other people who were online who were sort of in the same space. Because again, this is this pandemic reality where we, in a different time, I would have gone and put myself down in a colleague's office and just sat there and maybe had a few tears or just said, I, I, I just feel frozen I don't know what to do or I feel right. stuck or, um, and it felt a little bit like that the first week that it was adrenaline write the thing get it done keep the emotion at bay or have a little time to cry and then get back to it and then the task was done and then it was like and what is my job and what do I do and nothing felt very urgent or important and so um, giving yourself space whatever that looks like, and time to process your own feelings and grief is really important. And you don't necessarily get to do that right away because you've got a job to do. Right. Yeah. That's some great feedback and great tips. Um, All right. Is there anything else that you would like to share in regards to that process? So one thing that did not feel good was taking down uh, photos of Peter. And because he was such a leader in our firm, we had all these beautiful new photos. We had upgraded our website a little bit. Mm. And we had a ton of pictures of Peter. When you opened up our mobile version of our um, website, the picture right there was of him. In our proposals, there were pictures of him. And 
people were sort of divided on how quickly those should come down because some people just felt that was traumatizing and triggering and they wanted them to come down. Um, there were a couple of people who were in some of the pictures with him and we reached out to them to how you feel about us leaving it up. I would encourage people to have a plan for that because taking those down was one of the hardest things we did. I was, I remember being on the phone with my coworker, with my marketing manager, and we just said, it feels like we are erasing him. We actually did it gradually. Um, we left them up for a few days because it just felt like the worst thing to do. And I know that it didn't mean this, but it felt very symbolically like we were just saying, okay, he's gone now. Let's just hide all that away. And that was really challenging for us. And I think if we had had a plan in place that said, right, on day two, this is what you do, as clinical as that is, that maybe would have helped us because we just sat with him for a few days. And then at some point, my manager said, you know, I, I think I could probably reduce them by like 60 or 80 percent. And then we just kind of went through and took them down because for some people then finding a picture of him buried somewhere on the website we didn't expect, it felt too raw and fresh and upsetting. And so that was something we really, such a funny, strange little thing, but that ended up being a really big thing for us. And if you are a marketer and you're listening to this, push, if you do not have a crisis communication plan at your firm, push for that. Create it, present it to leadership and say, you know, insert yourself in that or insert yourself as someone who's going to be liaison, liaising with a PR firm on that. The communication piece is so important, not just on the death of a colleague, but in all these situations when something is bad or difficult and you fumble the communication on that, that can really impact your reputation. And so it is imperative that leadership is including the right people, and I know it's really hard, but you just have to fight hard to say, no, if we want to stay true to our brand, if we want to stay true to our values, then we need to have a plan around this, and it needs to include the right people. And it needs to include HR being involved in discussions of how we tell people. We made sure that we had um, counseling services available, and we actually set up some counseling sessions on Zoom. And, you know, again, in a pandemic, you still need to make these resources available to people. So I just... Use the story. I would be happy for people to reach out and um, if they have specific questions to ask more or get more guidance on that. But I, I, I know as you do too, feel very strongly with that. Yeah. Because these times where you can make or break your reputation and you can't have an ego about who is involved. Make sure the right people are involved. Yeah, we've worked with a few firms that have had crisis communications plans, and we highly recommend it. And yeah, you can't plan for every scenario, but at least if you're if you have something planned, I think it does help. I mean, nothing is easy about what you had to go through. I can't imagine, and I'm so sorry for your loss. We, we certainly miss him, but uh, we're, very, we're really thankful that we had him for that time. We hope you've enjoyed this portion of the CPA Influencers podcast with Nicola Fleming. Stay tuned for our bonus segment called What We're Loving Now. What are you loving right now? It could be work-related or just something fun or joyful in your life. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm leaning into the joyful. So um, so two things. One, the place that I live in now is right by the river. I live in Portland, Oregon. Getting outside and spending a little time in nature and just so lovely to walk along the water. It's so lovely to walk along you know, the trees and 
because of seagulls and the pigeons, neither of whom are the most majestic of birds. But it just feels, <laughs> you connect with nature a little bit. So, but I'm going to give you a second one. So that's one of my things. And the other thing, I've been listening to books on my phone. I have, you know, mm-hmm. wireless headphones. And so I have, I'm on my third or fourth book right now that I've listened to, but I have really enjoyed getting lost in a story again. So those are the two things I'm really enjoying, getting outside a little bit, a little bit each day, and then uh, getting back into um, listening to stuff that isn't just news or work podcasts or um, but something that's a bit more recreational. So I've been loving that. Sounds wonderful. Actually, fall is one of my favorite times of year. So yes, I wholeheartedly agree about getting outside. All right, Nicola. Well, I enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your experience this summer. I am sorry that you had to go through that, but I really appreciate you sharing it. I think other marketers will definitely will be able to hopefully learn something from that. I hope they never have to go through something like that. But if they do, they will be able to take it and learn and use it. So, well, I really appreciate your time and thank you very much. Thank you, Dawn. I love getting to chat with you. I hope, yes, I hope that it's helpful.